Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. It's time to BS. Record a podcast. It is official. I cannot record anything or do anything without my over maintenance requires cat donut to get what she wants. I was 24 seconds into a good analogy or rant or whatever, and she started playing with the blinds. Now it's it's work in progress for her not to play with the blinds. And just have her be a somewhat normal cat. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Daniel Smooth. I'm coming to you from the beaches of lovely Long Island, New York on this Saturday afternoon. 58 degrees, by the way, here on Long Island. It is time to BS with Daniel Smooth. Now with water bottles. That's not true. I have my logo on my water bottle right here. So it's weird. I've I've had <laughs> I've had a couple people ask me like, oh is that you? It's like, yeah, it's me. Someone called me Ice Cube. Like, I'm white, dude. <laughs> I don't know how you I I mean I guess if you turn the water bottle a certain way, I guess it looks like Ice Cube. Like with the beard. I mean I, I probably. I mean you know the logo, you know what it is. I mean it's so there you go. So, I've had a very interesting several weeks, rather, just annoying as a whole. My Twitter and Instagram pages have both been under cyber attacks via porn bots. You know, the OnlyFans bots, like, oh, click on my, click on the link, you'll get some hot, sexy content. That's not true. We don't like these things. But I've been very annoyed by it. And I've already been 
annoyed by social media as a whole, but this just amplifies it so much. Because I don't, every time I post something or tweet something, yes, I still quote tweets even though it's still, even though it's named X, I don't care. Every time I tweet something or post something, I have the risk of getting a fake bot or just a bot as a whole liking retweeting my shit or viewing my stories like I don't need you I am in the podcasting business okay understand I'm in the podcasting business I understand that my podcast page cannot be private I get it I get it it is a rule amongst content creators particularly in the podcasting or radio field where you cannot have your shit be private. And that's okay. So, like, my actual main page is, like, the Daniel Smooth page. I, 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 I pri- made that shit private. Like, I don't need that shit. Also, on a side note, I have a giant thing of popcorn now. You know those tin, to- you know those tin containers of popcorn that you get around the Christmas time? Yeah, so... Fucking near Thanksgiving, and my lovely girlfriend got me one of these. And it's Star Wars covered. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I like that shit. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So, yeah, it's fucking annoying because, like, I'm not, I'm not against it, but I'm not for OnlyFans. I'm like dead smack in the middle of it. If I know someone who does it, great, good for you. If you're saying it is your primary source of income, fuck you. Simple as that, fuck you. Because how is that good? like I I'm 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 all for just like, hey, if you want to express yourself, show the weapons out, you know what I'm saying? Then fuck it. Go for it. This is America after all. For him to do what the fuck you want, dog. But it's like you set a bar for yourself as like as a woman or, or as a man, depending on who you are. If you're using like OnlyFans as your primary source of income, hey, that's great, that's good for you. But what what happens if it doesn't? You know, what happens if the money stops coming in? You know what I'm saying? Now what? Now what? You know? So, and it all comes down to just like lower your expectations with yourself or just like as a whole it could be with like with relationships with like your place of employment just life and it all brings back to it brings me to this list that I saw uh, some some time ago I want to say it was about a week ago. If I could just pull it up. But I saw this on October 24th. It's like, I don't know, like last week. Early last week. Saying, this from the Daily Loud on Twitter. Uh, a list of restaurants that women refuse to go to on a first date is now going viral. The list includes... First of all, half of these things are fucking atrocious. Like, one of them is sporting events. A bar just for drinks, that's fine. That uh, That's okay. Nightclubs, 
somewhere that requires a long drive. Some of these are very acceptable. Church, family functions, uh, fucking cheesecake. Who goes to Cheesecake Factory in a first date? Who does that? Who goes to Cheesecake Factory in a first date? I, I want to know who in their right frame of mind has so high of expectations that they expect to take you to Cheesecake Factory in a first date. That's mind-boggling, dog. The movies. Okay, that's cute, though. Come on. What if it's like, I don't know, fucking something? What if it's like something that you... Cute movie or some shit, like, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Or the Marvels that's coming out, which might suck. Uh, let's see what else we can. Red Lobster. All right, that's fine. A buffet, IHOP, a diner, the gym. Who goes to the gym on a first date? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's common sense. Like I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy and say, just fuck you. But as a whole, okay, some of these are kind of cool. Chili's. Applebee, like ice cream, that's cute. Coffee date. I will speak from fucking personal experience. My first date with my girlfriend, my, my, my current, with my current relationship, uh, we went on a coffee date and she loved it. It was awesome. I loved it. She, I'm sure she loved it. But like, hey, it's great. Like simple shit. Starbucks. That there's nothing wrong with that nightclub. Okay, fine. Nightclubs is okay. Bowling. Bowling date's cute. Jesus. But lower those expectations, people. Like, if you expect your mans to take you into a five-star restaurant the first date, I don't know what to tell you. I, I genuinely don't know what to tell you. Most guys, I say most because there's a good chunk of us that will, you know, have high expectations. Most guys want to just chill the fuck out with their dog or cat, depending on who you are. You could have a donut. Um... Play video games, watch our sports, spend time with our lady, and just fucking chill. We're down to just chill. Most of us want to do stuff, but that's but that's like you know, that's fine. But even then, we sure should don't want to go to a five star restaurant on the first fucking date. You have a goddamn mind. You crazy son. You crazy. Ah, uh, that, that's that's just my personal views on it. But uh, anyway, we'll be right back, guys. Taking a quick break. We'll see you in a second. On time to be a sustainable smooth. our friends over at Law Touring Watches for sponsoring Time to BS Podcast. Use the promo code time to bs at LawTouring.com for some sweet deals over on the website. That's time, the number two, and BS at LawTouring.com. It's time to BS.
going back to the last segment, I forgot to mention this. As the guys are pretty simple in this regard. You give two dudes a case of beer and a couple of sticks, and we'll find a way to make it Star Wars. Like, that's just true. We'll find a way to make shit simple. Not all guys, but that's okay. Like, a good chunk of dudes will find a way to make shit simple. And that's alright. And this is the toxic masculinity that women want to eliminate from life. Or most women. So, Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators. Yes, there are sports to be discussed. The Ottawa Senators will have to forfeit a first-round pick in either the year 2024, 25, or 26 due to uh, the Evgeny Dadunov no-trade clause uh, breaching, I guess. So Dadunov was traded from Ottawa to, I think, Anaheim? Give me a second. Evgeny Dadunov trade. So, according to ESPN, uh, the Ottawa Senators will have to forfeit draft picks for their role in the 2021 trade of getting Dadden off to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, which subsequently invalidated a deal that would send Dadden off from, the Las, from Las Vegas to the Ducks. Ottawa would forfeit first-round picks in one of the year 24, 25, or 26 annual drafts. The Senators... Uh, will make the determination with the 24 hours of the conclusion of the draft lottery that season. In March 2022, the Golden Knights traded Dadunov to the Ducks along with conditional second-round pick John Moore, uh, defenseman, and the contract to Fort Ryan Kessler, but hours after the trade was announced, Vegas said it became aware of the issue with the respect to the trade and was consulting with the league office about it. Uh, the issue surrounding Dadnos limited no trade clause with his contract, which he signed in October with the Senators. That's how the Senators got involved. Okay. Which clause initiated that Dadnoff couldn't be traded without the without first submitting a ten team no trade list. Now, for those who do not know, uh, there's certain con- there are certain contracts that are signed mostly in the NHL that prevent that there's a clause in your contract that can say, hey, if you do decide to trade me, do not trade me to these certain teams. And it usually costs the team a little bit more money, but that, but it it works that way. It's like, but you can somehow also get a lot more assets in return if you decide to waive the no trade clause. Anyway, as I was saying, um, the Ducks were on a previously submitted no trade list to Ottawa, but the Golden Knights trade for Dadnov in 2021 July. There was no mention of the trade protection on the trade call with the Sanders in the NHL. Wow. Uh, therefore, it was not acknowledged when Vegas completed the trade with Anaheim. Golden Knights management led with the NHL in 2022 about the situation, seeking some level of discipline from the Senators. We appreciate the league's uh, diligence on the matter and respect the decision. The Golden Knights said Wednesday to, uh, sent Wednesday statement, blah, 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 blah. Las Vegas trade dead enough to the Montreal Canadiens in June 2022 for the contract of defenseman Shea Weber. Uh, Dadnov, however, has played for the Dallas Stars the last two seasons. Wow. Wow. How about that? Wow. So, here's where this pisses me off. 
and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to probably agree with what I'm going to say here. There's, you're probably going to agree with what I'm going to say here. So now, at the same point, Ottawa does have to also... They did fire the GM Pierre Dorian. So that, that, I guess that's good news. Even though Pierre Dorian's a fucking schmuck. Look at our bot. Um, but, um... Oh, Jesus. I'm going to be very, very, very pissed off here. You're telling me the NHL, who prides itself on integrity of the game, will potentially also fine the Senators along with their draft picks, but just a $2 million fine for 10 years of covering up a sexual assault scandal from the Blackhawks. That's okay. Someone explain this to me. Like, you're the National Hockey League. You pride yourself on the integrity of the sport. And you also have said, hey, we want to make everything as fair as humanly possible. This is the same team that has suffered through not one, but two major lockouts in the last 20 plus years. 2013 being the most notable one. But I I don't know what to say here. I just, I'm so ungodly pissed off. By the way, uh, Montez Swift. Montez Sweat just got trade, traded from Washington to Chicago. Four years, $90 million extension. Anyway, um, it gets even better. So, the NHL also unbanded their whole pride tape controversy. They doubled, they backtracked on it and said, hey, we fucked up. Let's, let's reverse the ban on pride tape and jerseys. The whole, I think it's just the tape. But... There was some controversy. I think Travis Dermott from Arizona publicly spelled God about it. But it's mostly fans. Most of the fan, most of the NHL fan base is just like, dude, what the hell? But even like some like diehards would be like my like myself would say, this is America, and I'm sure Canada agrees here. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just like if it's not hurting anyone, that's fine. That's it. Who cares how you feel? Do whatever the fuck you you want to do, just as long as it's, you know, not hurting anyone, and legal, of course, but, like, don't go around touching boys just for the sake of, oh, this is how I feel. Anyway, I digress. But the NHL, like, you, you deadass need to get your head straight here. Just get your fucking head straight. I don't care how you do it. Use a screwdriver or a torch, whatever the fuck you gotta do. But it it confuses me royally how a league that prides itself on protecting the integrity of the sport does shit like this. Not just with the pride tape thing, but with the Senators and the, the Blackhawks thing especially. Just... So you must forfeit a first-round pick or then some for failing to submit proper paperwork 
This is all it is. It's paperwork. But covering up a 10-year-plus sexual assault scandal is completely okay. Where's the logic here? I don't know. I'm going to... We're going to take a quick break before I start losing my shit because I'm trying to do better for my anger and a whole nine yards. So this is time to be a sustainable smooth. We'll see you in a bit, guys. It's time to BS. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Nur spectacular edition of Time to BS with Daniel Smooth. As you all know, I am the great and powerful, the king of bullshit, the president of the Department of BS, Daniel Smooth. Um, on October 31st, Halloween, uh, the, I don't have a button for Pumpkin Hill or Spooky Thingers or whatever, because that passed already. But uh, the trade deadline also passed as well. Some notable names, nothing too crazy, but uh, the Lions trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones from Cleveland. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, speaking of Cleveland, trade from Minnesota to Jacksonville. Um, Some of the names that were reportedly being looked at, the big one was Brian Burns, which I don't know how that man didn't get traded, but uh, there were a couple names. Earlier, I said that Washington traded Montez Sweat to Chicago, who the Bears proceeded to re-sign for $98 million for four years. Do the math. But, um... I... I'm very curious with... I'm just going to do some quick math here. 98 divided by 4 is... 20, what? 24 and a half? Good lord. That's a, that's a lot of money. But, um... I don't know why Chicago decided to trade for Sweat and then proceed to sign him for that much when they're nowhere near playoff contention. Maybe they saw the Kirk Cousins injury and thought, we can do shit. Probably. I mean, coaching staff sucks, but we shall see. Anyway. The big one, the big fish in the small pond... Quite literally. Big Cat Leonard Williams, former first-round pick of the Jets back in 2015, was who was traded to the Giants some time ago, who's a free agent by the end of this year, signed... Oh, excuse me. Traded from New York to the Giants over to Seattle. I'm very excited. I was jumping for joy when I found out this happened. And as the days have gone by, I have determined that they traded as much as they did to get him. Seattle did. A second and 24 and a fifth and 25. um, Because they're going to resign him. 
I would only assume that they're going to re-sign him. Whether it be before the offseason, during the offseason, before free agency, during free agency, who knows. But I have determined, through my great and infinite wisdom, that the Seahawks will re-sign Leonard Williams. He's what they needed. He's what they needed. They needed a disruptor on the defensive line that's going to help out if or when Draymond Jones or Jaron Reed go down. He's going to help. He can play everywhere on the defensive line. Nose, three, three, nose, DT, D-end. Like, he can play anywhere on that 3-4 scheme. He can. Well, on the D-line at least. But um, I'm excited. San Francisco. Um, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't think it's going to work. Chase Young, who was the former second overall pick a couple years ago, um, I think it was the 2021 draft or the 20 or the 2020 draft. I'm not sure, but Chase Young, formerly of the Washington Commanders, gets traded to San Francisco for a third round pick, and people are saying this is the best move of the deadline. I. I, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone's gonna say that really cause yeah they have a great pass rush but like okay so fine 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 I have no faith in the 49ers none zero zitch nothing cause it's just tr- their offensive let's start with their offensive line Trent Williams and who else that's it their running backs, it's just Christian McCaffrey and a few dudes. The skill position, yeah, it's a little better. It's Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and that's it. Yeah, any quarterback would love that. Brock Purdy, let's go to him. Actually, before that, let's go to the defense. Your secondary can't do shit if your defensive line can't do anything. That's pretty much like how every defense goes, but still... Like, I get you're banking on the pass rush to win you a Super Bowl, but still, that's not going to help when you have teams with, let's say, great offensive lines. Cincinnati has a terrible offensive line, and they put up 30 on you. I think it was 30. Give me a second. I don't want to be wrong here. Actually, I don't mind being wrong, but they put 31 on your ass. 31, and your defense can't do shit if your pass rush gets held, like held in check. And let's get to Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is going to be good. I think he's going to be good for a while. But if you're saying all this shit like, oh, Brock Purdy could be the next coming of Tom Brady. What? First of all, that system in San Francisco benefits quarterbacks so much. Want proof? Brian Hoyer, on two different occasions, looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. More proof? Kirk Cousins. More proof? RG3's rookie year. Matt Ryan won an MVP in 2016 because of Kyle Shanahan. Because of that system. More proof. He made Jimmy Garoppolo look really fucking good. 
And I understand that the NFL media wants to make a story out of everything. Say, oh, Brock Purdy, it was Mr. Irrelevant. He's fucking incredible. Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. Cool. Trey Lance, for a hot minute, looked pretty good. Ish. Ish. I said ish. And... I, I understand that there is a good chunk of motherfuckers that will say San Francisco is the best team in, in the NFL um, when I really don't know. I, I, I thought they were frauds from day one. I thought they were frauds in the first game of the year. It's like, okay, you played Pittsburgh. So what? So what? Big fucking whoop. All right, that that's going to do it for this segment right here um we'll be right back i I just i don't think i don't believe in san francisco i just don't this is dying to be us with samuel smooth What's up, everyone? Stanley Smooth here. I wanted to show you guys a cool thing we're doing. This podcast is sponsored by Canada Dips, the newest lineup to the dip game, but in CBD form. The Canada Dips lineup features products made for every man's lifestyle. All tins are proudly crafted from the hills of Humboldt County in California. It's filled with flavor and will give you that good vibe that CBD brings to the room. So what are you waiting for? Use the promo code BELLYUP20 in all caps at CanadaDips.com for 20% off your next order. That's bellyup20 at candidips.com. It's time to BS. So the Raiders, huh? Yeah. Not like that wasn't incoming. That's not my business. But it was. It was incoming. Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler have all been fired. Antonio Pierce promoted to be the interim head coach. Uh, Maybe it could be good. I don't know. But, um... The Raiders are fucked here. The Raiders are just fucked. Um, you screwed yourself, for starters, when you traded for Devontae Adams. It's not like, well, he did want to go. He did want to go to the Raiders because of Derek Carr. But still, fucking still, it's like you screwed out of the Josh Jacobs contract. You signed Devontae Adams to a massive deal. You cut Chandler Jones because of all reasons. You'd cut Derek Carr. I feel t- I I I wish I could feel bad for the Raiders, but you did this to yourself. You did. You genuinely did, did this to yourself. Now people are going to say, "Oh, Josh McDaniels should go back to New England." He should. He really should. He really should go back to the Patriots. It would make too much sense. Make him the co-offensive coordinator of Bill O'Brien. I don't care. Do something. Do something. But it's one of those 
why did you do these things? Now, in terms of what I think the Raiders should do, uh, is Scott McGloin still available? Former Redskins GM, is he still out there? Is is he out there? Is he out there? I don't know. I, I hope he is, because that's who I would bring in. That's the first guy I would bring in, and then make him the GM and president of football ops, and then hire Dan Quinn as the head coach. That's the immediate first thing I would do. Dan Quinn can coach. Dan Quinn is a very, very good coach. He was booed out of Atlanta for different reasons. We'll just... They just really could. His luck wore out in Atlanta. And Scott McGloom was wrongfully fired by Washington. Should not have been fired because Bruce Allen's ego said otherwise. But anyway, that's what I would just, that's what I would bring in. Um, I'm going to make that quick about the, the Raiders because uh, the Islanders. How are they looking? They they look pretty good. Um, they've looked pretty competent. This I mean, we'll find out tonight when they play Carolina. But they had a really nice shutout win over Washington. They're currently third in the Metro, and some people will still find a way to make. Uh, will make you know criticism of the Islanders because they don't score six goals a game like, let's say, Edmonton. When the average NHL team scores three to five, three to four goals a game. Look, even Edmonton on th- on Friday, excuse me, on Thursday, they score three goals against da- against Dallas. Okay, but even then, oh, Vancouver, they score ten on San Jose because the Sharks stink. But anyway, honest assessment here. Honest to God assessment. Um, I understand the argument that Lane Lambert has, the head coach, will be to mix up the lines to find the right combination. Every coach does that. Every coach does that. But one of these days is going to bite him in the ass horribly. Um, I, I, I understand the the discussion that exists surrounding Lane, the head coach, when people say that Lane Lambert should be fired. I get it. I understand the argument when people say Lou Lamorello should be fired. But as GM, as president of Hockey Ops, I think he should stay. I think he should stay. The NHL itself has done this for so long to where they, they hire retreads. Perfect example. Ken Hitchcock was hired to be the Oilers head coach after after uh, Scott McClellan got fired. Tom McClellan, excuse me, got fired by the Oilers. One year. Daryl Sutter was hired by, Car- by Calgary for a hot minute. Another example. Uh, Peter Laviolette is now the head coach of the Rangers. More Lindy Ruff. Well, he's he's doing really good in New Jersey, but like you know, John Tortorella, you know Mike Babcock with 
sort of Columbus. I, it, it happens all the time where coaches get new jobs like this all the fucking time. It happens always. Um, it, it confuses me royally, but you really, you really can't do anything about it. Um, but if let's say, let's, let's, let's go down the rabbit hole and say, in theory, if they were to fire Lane Lambert, you have to find a guy that you know is going to be the right coach. It is a lot harder to find a very good, to find a worthy coach and GM in the NHL today. It's harder to do that now than let's say in the NFL. It's harder here to do it in the NHL than than it is in the NFL. The Fire Lou crowd needs to shut up because if the Islanders continue to win and they're going to have a big test tonight against Calgary, Calgary, Carolina, close enough. Um, the, the letters, I got the letters mixed up. Who cares? But they're going to have a big test against Carolina, who was the Eastern Conference finalists last year. Um, we will see how they do. I guess they're very good Hurricanes team, but it, again, people want to stop. Make people want to start making these assessments in the early season, early in November. Wait till January, wait till February or late December to see what they will do. I j- I just just wait, just wait. That's my personal feeling. But a, a coaching change to an offensive-based system would not be the worst idea. It would. But, like, you have to wait. you got to wait and see what they got to do. you got to wait and see what they do here. This is the Daniel's... This is the... This is Time to BS with Daniel Smooth. It's time to BS. So we're going to close things out here on episode 193 with just... Overall, just venting on a whole bunch of shit. Um, Some of you may feel this. Some of you may not. But the realization of just a lot of memories that you're holding on to will eat you alive. There's a lot of memories that we hold on to that wish we could just let go but we can't because it fuels us into make us better people that we are you know currently today the old saying goes that the pain that you felt or some memories forged your sword into into who you are today i could speak from experience a lot of shit that 
I've held on to in my lifetime um, memories, physical, mental, whatever, have forged me into who I am. And, you know, I could speak from personal fucking experience that I've said that twice, whatever. Growing up, I was always into video games. Oh my God, I always was. Still am, but like, you know, not as much as I used to. Because that was my comfort zone. To this day, I've always, I've tried to find a comfort zone way of life. Say, hey, do shit that makes you feel content. I guess guess the word would be, you know, contentment. Um, I'm content with what I have. I got a great life ish um could be better but that's all right i have a podcast that i know i love to do i got a good home i got a cat i got family friends girlfriend blah 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 the whole nine yards and i'm like good job blah blah blah. like you know some good shit that i know i can count on and some people are in this mindset of more 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 but it's not always just about that it could just be about, hey, what drives you to be a better person? You know? What makes you better? What can motivate you to be better? And why are you holding on to these memories? Do they bring you comfort or do they bring you sadness? But I guess what I'm trying to say, but like I do this habit of where I just ramble off into nowhereville. Um, a lot of memories that you hold on to, move on from them. If they serve you no benefit, why are you holding on to them? I guess that'd be the best question to ask. Why are you holding on to things that have no benefit to you at all? So. Uh, that'll do it for this uh, this episode. Time to be as sustainable smooth. Uh, I'm coming to you from the lovely beaches of Long Island, New York, and I will see you all in this life, or most certainly the next one. Have a good one, guys.